Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and today I have Mr. Matt Johnson, the founder of Guide Social, an amazing ad video ad marketing agency. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good, Phil. Thanks for having me. It's great. Matt, uh, how about you give my audience a quick introduction about yourself and then we can jump into the conversation. Uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm Matt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I, do, I do run um, a good size uh, video ad agency. We don't run the ads, we make them. Um, and, um, we've, we've worked with 17 shark tank clients and a lot of particularly innovative e-commerce businesses that we've sort of worked across the board. We make funny, fun, engaging stuff, um, that really puts the marketing in it. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I got a bananas background. I don't know. We'll go through it. Whatever you want to know. I've directed plays. I went, I got, I have a master's in journalism. I used to produce TV news, I Jeez. used to run the video program at like New York magazine and like now this and all these other crazy big publishers and stuff like this. So, and now you run your own agency. <sighs> yeah. And then I went the entrepreneur route where I could make more money and have more stress essentially. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, that sounds like the entrepreneur world, more money, more stress. Um, so you, you did theater for a while and then you moved over to the new york magazine business stuff what made you leave the theater world to work uh in the magazine and uh the the business world i just i think you have to when 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 you're sort of an artist like you <laughs> you have to like really love it because it was a lifestyle that i only could have done in my 20s i think as I was working at a sort of day job during the day, nine to five in an office doing admin work so that I could pay my very large New York City rent. And then I would go and direct plays from like 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I did that for like six or seven years and I just didn't love it anymore. I think you got to really, really love it yeah. to to do it. And I've always loved directing, um, but I didn't really want to be part of the part of the it just wasn't my thing anymore so so i i essentially went back to school you know eventually to get out of it um change things have a career all those things <laughs> yeah well that's interesting that you went back to school to get uh, and this is when you went back to get your master's in uh journalism yeah yeah and were you planning on becoming like the, the next you know big uh journalist or was it just i need to do something to get out of what I'm doing right now. I was actually never really all that interested in journalism, to be <laughs> honest. Um, I, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I, it's, uh, I guess it's a podcast. I always say, I don't like talking about myself It's a podcast about me. So I guess I, yeah, should. it's so uh, you know what we can skip that. Let's talk about the business. Uh, what, what made no, you no, jump? no, it's fine. It's fun. So basically I was sports director of my radio station in college. Right. Okay. So I used to call play by play for like hundreds of games and I got to fly all over the country, especially cause we had a D one lacrosse team and it was super cool. Oh. I loved it and I got really good at it. And I think part of the reason to this day, why I'm pretty good at like, 
video and just talking about bullshit forever (laughs) if you need me to is because i used to like do sports i used to be on the air for like two to three hours straight just talking and just i got really good at it but anyway i really loved it and so my my first job out of college was at an npr station doing a little bit of anchoring but mostly like behind the scenes stuff but i just loved the news cycle stuff i just got really sucked into it and i did love being on the air as well for radio specifically um you can probably hear my radio voice here (laughs) on my fancy microphone but um uh then i was but i sort of had this thing in my mind um that i needed to like give theater a go so i left and did theater but then when i wanted to get out of it i was like okay well i always loved doing news and broadcast and i was a big sports fan so i I was going to be more like the next mike tarico type because i went to syracuse which is um it's a top journalism school but they're specifically like they've churned out like a crap load of like really famous sports broadcasters you know like Tarico and like bob costas and like all these they're like syracuse people. there's hundreds more the legends they they turned out the legends yeah yeah so uh, I, and i actually decided during the master's program i decided i wanted that i was that i wanted to be a producer rather than be someone that was on the air um and that sort of brought me to the world of journalism so I, I produced TV news in Las Vegas for two years afterwards. Um, and then that was crazy. And I realized I never wanted to work in TV news again because it's not fun. And, uh, and, and then I wanted to go into digital. So I ended up getting like, that's when I sort of started my digital video career. That's evolved. I was a, I was a business insider for a couple of years. Um, and the like a founding member of their video team they turned into insider who you see them everywhere now there was only there was only like 75 of us on staff when i joined and there was only four on the video team now there's probably 400 on the video team and thousands and they got bought while i was there um then new york magazine basically hired me to build their video program from scratch essentially um they didn't have it before so that's like vulture and the cut and all those places um and then rodale poached me from there to run all their video for their brands so that so rodale used to own men's health women's health prevention and all those big magazines that you guys Mm -hmm. know so i ran video for all of those but then they sold the company then i went to now this um now this is the biggest facebook video news publisher well social video news publisher if anybody doesn't know them they're huge yeah Um, i built three new lifestyle channels for them and then eventually i was just like i need to start my own company so that that was my that was my sort of like that's that's i don't know it's a long evolution i'm kind of like a i guess my thing is i just like float around like you just like to try new things yeah try new things which is great as an entrepreneur i just think life is short and i just like if, if the grass is greener, I probably will go try to play in it for a while and see if I like it. It's so how I roll. <laughs> hey, it's great. I, I <laughs> was on your website, uh, the guide socialglobal.com, and I saw that you worked with Cord Buddy, which I remember being on Shark Tank. And like you said, you had 17. Yeah. How did you connect with the, the, the 17 members of uh, a different team? Uh, I guess get uh, clients yeah we sort of went so like uh, all these shark tank people they're like all like buddies like they all are in this facebook group together where they (laughs) chat and 
talk about all their struggles and wins and all this stuff. And so we sort of went viral within the within the, the Shark Tank community. Not like viral, but like it was like a big, big referral chain of like, oh, you got to work with Matt. You got to work with Matt. So that's how we ended up working with all these Shark Tank companies. I just like it because I'm like a very much like, I'm an early adopter type. Like I always need the new gadget or the mm -hmm. new tech. And I'm always, a, I'm always an early adopter. Like if there's some sort of new thing that's invented that can solve a problem, I'll try it before anybody. Yeah, like that's sort of how, my, how I am. So it was really fun for me. Um, and those that, that stuff is usually really good for video, which is why we do a lot of e-commerce stuff because you can do a lot of, you know, there's just like, there's fi actual physical products to, to shoot. Film. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of how the shark tank thing, you know, it's just like anything. It was just like friends telling friends, just word of mouth. But that is, that's crazy to say that you have 17 shark tank clients that's yeah. well they're not all clients now right like right, no but you i've done video for all of them yeah yeah you're at least they, they, hey they've given you money they've become a client of yours or a customer of yours that's how <laughs> yeah, i look at yeah, it yeah um, yeah 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 right so the biggest thing for you when you the reason did you have a reason why you wanted to jump into entrepreneurship or was it just like i want to just try this yeah i don't really know um i don't know i don't know I, I can't, I, I guess there wasn't a big event. Like, like for me, it was my burnout that caused me to say, Hey, I want to become an entrepreneur because the, uh, the corporate world isn't for me anymore. Yeah. I don't have one of those webinar <laughs> stories. Yeah. I've heard for that type of <laughs> you thing. Just, you, know? you just jumped into it. You're like, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that there was like something in my, um, I think I always should have been an entrepreneur and I'm kind of pissed that I didn't find out like I'm 40, but I didn't start this business till I, I think I started it when I was 35, maybe. So like, I'm kind of ticked off that I spent the first, you know, 15 to 16 years of my adult life, not knowing about entrepreneurship at all. It was never part of my DNA. I was pretty money scared. Like I didn't really believe that money was every, like, I didn't have an abundance mindset about money. It was just kind of like, like paycheck, to pay you know, work, get a paycheck. And this is how, this is how 95% of everybody thinks. So, um, I just, it kind of, but I always had a problem with authority. I like every boss hated me because I was trying to get ahead or be better than them and take their job. <laughs> I was very like really ambitious. Like I, I had all the like signs that I should probably be an entrepreneur, but I didn't have anybody in my life. You know, this is why, I teach college on the side a little bit, um, usually just one class a semester. And the last class of the semester is tomorrow, actually, for my for my kids at Muhlenberg. And we have we're having our big career date. Like I always give them like a career career or like future session that has nothing to do with the rest of the class at the end, because I think that college students are like super underserved there. And also, oh, yeah. like nobody was there at that point in my life to talk to me about mindset and the potential to branch out of what their parents are probably telling them to do. I know because I talk to these kids, they have a lot of pressure from their parents to get a job. And I think that's dangerous because they're going to be miserable. And from a mindset standpoint, a lot of them, um, like, you know, like they, they just like, there's, I'm, a, I'm really woo woo when it comes to that. Right. Like, I'm just like, you know, I'm all about being in cahoots with the universe and nobody was telling me this type of stuff when I was eight, you know, 20 years old. So I tried to give that to them. 
uh, because I didn't have it. It took me so long to be exposed to the right ideas and people to be able to make make it so that I could make the leap, you know, um, because I think I think I don't even remember now, I guess, because, I you know, I started like an agency, like one of these like biz op agency programs like five, six years ago. So mm-hmm. I don't even know how long it was ago. But I think I was thinking about I used to run social media for Business Insider. Right. So like I've I've managed social media at a super high level. And so I guess that was the first thing I was thinking about. I was like, oh, can I make some money like doing social media for businesses? Even though I was the video guy, for some reason, I was, I don't know, I I was editorial across the board. So I guess I was just thinking, maybe I can do that. And like, whatever the heck I was doing online, of course, I ended up in somebody's funnel. And like being in somebody's funnel uh, through ads, um, I was just sort of like, it started to be exposed to different ideas of what it meant to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, ah interesting and then i ended up in a program and then of course then it was all the mindset stuff and all the whatever and then that was great exposure so anyway yeah there wasn't like one moment there was definitely like a six-month period where it sort of like organically developed as an idea and then um and then i just i think i just sort of manifested uh i didn't quit now this they laid off my entire team Jesus. Um, like, actually, I, I ran three teams. They laid us all off because they changed their business model. Um, I ran a bunch of lifestyle channels and they were just like, I guess they essentially were like, okay, we're going to now just focus on news. So they laid off all the lifestyle channels. And I think I manifested that because I was already starting to have success building um, a business in the background. And the universe was just telling me that you're never going to be successful if you don't focus. And I was too, I still had all these old money scared ideas about quitting a job that uh, now it seems obvious, right? Like Mm -hmm. for the amount that I was making, I mean, I, I was probably making, I don't know, 110 a year or something, which I don't know what that works out to money wise, but like that's one client a month now that I have to get, you know, it's weird when you think about it that way. Yeah. The, the, the whole money aspect, uh, like through my early yeah. journey, it's like, cause I'm similar to you. Like I never had any entrepreneurial person in my life. Yeah. It was only later in my life when I started this podcast, I started finding out more about different types of digital entrepreneurship. So yeah, I still had that. I, before I quit my uh, corporate job, I had that money minimalist thing that it doesn't come in droves and doing the manifestation, it changes your world. Money just appears now. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird when you change that, like the scarcity mindset to one of abundance, money just starts appearing to you. Yeah. And it's still, and I, and I would just say that one thing that I've realized is that it's, it's definitely a balance because it's not always there. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that the toughest thing is like we had a month like this recently where I was just like, uh, we're in a tough spot right now. And like, this is part of the roller coaster up and down of, of all of this. Like we're in a bit of a tough spot now. Um, what do we do? Like, it's very hard in those moments and you're always going to get them as an entrepreneur to keep that abundance mindset going when you feel like, you're stuck and everybody gets into this situation. Like nobody, like no entrepreneur is going to sit here and be like, yeah, I started and then it was just smooth sailing for the next 20 (laughs) years. Like that's just bullshit. I mean, that's what they post on Instagram, but like 
it's all that's all crap um so but i think the real trick is how do you maintain that mindset in the tougher moments i think that is probably the biggest work of an entrepreneur because that will like that just turns into revenue magically um or hemorrhages it <laughs> it's 50 50 chance flip the coin but if you make the money you've learned a lesson if you've lost the money you've learned a lesson of what not to do so it's it's beneficial sure. yeah. to both ways um mm -hmm. when you when you got your first client for the uh the video ad to make their videos for their ads what was it like like what was your mindset at that point were you like oh this is obviously super easier where you're like okay now i have to over deliver well here's the other thing about um about being an entrepreneur is that it's like it's totally it's it's all wacky like i like i i haven't just rent like right now all we do is video ads okay um and we're we're playing with a new offer like a done for you youtube channel offer now but like i, I so noticed that little, on your facebook page yeah, yeah so there's like a little bit of organic there we're sprinkling into but like pretty much that's it but that's not how it like i've pivoted so many times like i started running a facebook ad buying agency because that was the program that i was in so i learned how to media buy really well and then i all of a sudden then I did YouTube ads and then I pivoted again and again, I pivoted a billion times. Um, so yeah. And, and like, I think like when we got to our biggest, um, our biggest, we were doing full stack e-commerce marketing. Um, we were making all the video. Yeah. But we were also running the ads and we were doing email and Clavio and all this stuff. And so eventually I just got rid of all of that. And now we're just focusing on video, but like, I was thinking about this earlier. I should write this down because I was going to do a post about this. I was thinking about this earlier. I'll so clip a, this and send it to you. <laughs> I was a big, I was a big, like, like I'm a big, like gamer. Like that's one of my hobbies. I play a lot of video games and I was just thinking about, I was thinking about, cause I have coaching programs for like filmmakers and designers to help them build businesses like other creatives like me, mm -hmm. like that are kind of like freelancing and making like nothing to help them build businesses. And I was just thinking about some of the challenges that we face in that business all the time. And what's interesting is that like, it seems like you can just like, there, there's, there's a lot of promises online about how you can achieve a certain result in a certain amount of time, no matter what level you're at. And I was just in the car coming back from my men's softball league game last night. We won. I played really well, which was awesome. Uh, and uh, <laughs> humble brag, just a humble brag in there. Yeah. Well, you know, like I've put on a couple pounds the last few years. I'm not running and moving around like I used to. So I was happy to get a couple, uh, get a couple of hits. But yeah, um, uh, I was thinking about this and I was like, listen, like, so if you play like a video game, the way they're, they're, they're all, all these like role playing games are structured the same. You start out and you're sort of like, like you're very, you're incredibly weak. Mm -hmm. And as you continue to overcome challenges in the game, you get it like a new ability or you get, or you're able to like level up to increase like your defense or how hard you can hit or whatever it might be. And by the, and the enemies get harder and harder as well. Right. And yeah. then you get to the point where you can beat the final boss and you're like 
you're toe to toe with them skill wise because you've gone through all of these battles and you've gotten to a point where you are now, you know, and I actually think it's the same thing in business. And I think it's why, like, it's not really fair to say that a rookie is going to be able to make a hundred grand in a month right off the bat, because I have been spending the last whatever, six, seven years, five, however long being an entrepreneur, like leveling up, beating other bosses, losing to them a billion times, like trying to get new armor sets and like whatever it is to like become more of a warrior. And in business standpoint, that means like mindset stuff. Like I've had to level that up so many times. Like I've failed so many times and I've had to get to a good point with it. Sales, like being on sales calls with clients. Like I like, I actually had no problems with lead gen because I was in a really good program for that at the beginning. But I like my first hundred sales calls, I didn't close anybody, you know, you know, it's just like, that was the beginning of it, you know? And like, it's just like, there's so much like how to talk to people, how to build relationships in business, the importance of relationships in business, like who you should work with, what the ideal client is, how to weave marketing into it, how to, how to do outbound lead generation, how to build a team. Cause you know, I've hired a bunch of people and I've fired a bunch of people. I've made as many bad hires as I've made good hire. Like this is not something that somebody earlier, earlier, early on in their entrepreneur journey is going to know because you can only get it from getting kicked in the teeth a bunch of times and then getting stronger. Um, and I guess the final boss would be where you get to finally live the promise uh, <laughs> that all these programs are telling you that like, oh, do you want to live in a beach making six figures of passive income per month? Then you should join my program or whatever it is. Right. Like, but the reality is it's so difficult to do that without the hum human skills yeah. that it takes to do those things. And I think that that's just something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is is how similar those sort of ideas. I love metaphors. I think this is a really good metaphor. Like you've got to take the journey to get the rewards. And that's tough in this climate because that's not sexy, right? No. It's, it's, but, it's not. It, but it's, it's real. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, that's what's, that's what's sort of difficult about it. I, I love the analogy of the video game RPG. Um, I remember kind of like hearing about it on another uh, episode or reading about it, that it like life is like an RPG. So, but I love how you're putting entrepreneurship because mm, yeah. entrepreneurship is, is a hardcore it's on it's, it's life on hardcore because you have so much, you're trying to build the life you want and you've been told your whole life that no, you have to work in the corporate world. So it is getting rid of all that mindset and changing your mindset. It's so much harder than having a job. Yeah, no. but it's so much more rewarding. And so, I mean, like it's so, but the, like, that's what makes it so interesting and difficult is this psych, like from a psychological perspective is like when you're an entrepreneur, like I, I used to, like I was at New York magazine or whatever. Like, I think I was making somewhere between 110, 120 grand a year living in New York city. So like, you know, it was like a really good salary. Mm -hmm. um, and I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, okay, so what, like, where are we going? Like how, like, what's my ceiling? Like, like, where's, where can we be? Like, like, where, what am I going to do with my career? Like, okay. Like I'd love to get up. To, I don't know. Maybe if I was like a VP of like a larger company, I could probably make like 300 grand a year or something like that. Maybe 
So what would my path be to that? Like, I guess that's where I would go. Like, could I pay off my debt with that money? Like, you know, I was, th th that's how I was thinking, but like, I felt a ceiling there. Like even at 300 grand, I was kind of like, it'd be probably pretty hard to get like a VP job at some big company. Like, I'm not really sure what the pathway would be to work my way up that ladder or whatever. But as an entrepreneur, I mean, like, I feel like I can make 300 grand a year whenever the heck I want if I just mm -hmm. work hard enough. And that is exciting, but it's really hard. <laughs> it's like yeah, really, it, is, it is really hard because really you're, you're hustling daily to get hit that goals. And well, yeah. if you have a high ticket offer like you're, you're, you yourself do with like 100K, you can offer for video uh services and all that or it's a little easier but still it will take some time because you have to find the clients that can pay that amount well and then you got to figure out how to sell them when you're on sales calls and and find the right people and then you got to hire people to actually fulfill on that work and they have to be the right people and yeah it's it's a whole it's a whole thing but it is exciting to know that there is no ceiling Mm -hmm. And that keeps you going, right? It fuels you. And that, that doesn't, that's not just money. That's also happiness, you know? Oh yeah. And freedom. Um, Cause if you have, freedom, yes, like you said, if you have a huge team, you can just show up, go, okay, the numbers are good. All right. My four hour work week is done. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to watch your sons play baseball or softball or spend time with the wife and your partners and that. So that, that's a, that's the, that's where the, if that's where the true uh, value of entrepreneurship is, I think is like the freedom that it brings to you. Yeah. And I think right now I don't have the four hour a work week freedom <laughs> and I don't think I would want it necessarily. Um, I work a lot and I work pretty hard, but, but do you enjoy what I you're have doing? free, but I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm my own boss. Like I don't answer to anybody. I make the decisions I want to make. Um, I spend money on what I want to spend money on. And I, you know, like if I want to work from, I can work from anywhere I want anytime I want. So there's a lot of freedom there, even though there's a lot of hustle too, mm -hmm. you know, like there's a lot of like hustle culture versus anti-hustle culture versus blah, blah, blah. And I don't think there's any like rule, you know, like I think that every like, yeah, maybe hustle culture kind of sucks because it can lead to stress. But like every entrepreneur has to do like a level of hustle. I think you just have to find ways to stay calm mm -hmm. during all of it and try to like, um, I think the biggest revelation I've had lately is that I, that I is just working smarter, not harder, you know, cause I do like, I sort of decided at a certain point I was like, Hmm, I suck after 4 p.m. Like I can't even think because I do like I get really demotivated and I have a real I'm not sharp at all. I'm very much a morning person. So like two months ago, I was just like, screw it. I'm not working after four anymore. Instead, I'm going to leave it for every day. We have a studio here in Pennsylvania. Um, so if we have a physical office space. I just leave. I'm going to I leave. I go. uh and I go pick up my kid from daycare. My wife is doing and I was just like, you know what? I'll pick up Owen from daycare. Now I'm just going to like cut myself off every day because I'm, I'm not doing anything valuable anyway. Um, and I have the freedom to do that. And I know what my goals are. Um, but I also know that my operating system 
needs to be rebooted every day at four. It's just how it works, you know, and I can't get a new operating system. <laughs> so um, that was a big revelation for me. I think it's going to be different for everybody based on how they were raised and what their life has looked like to this point and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think more like when you work hard and knowing what to work hard on um, are sort of the biggest things rather than the sort of dichotomous um, hustle culture versus no hustle culture debate that seems to be like a big hot topic over the past year and a half yeah i think if you're hustling for the and you know what you're hustling for like you're like i know that if i hustle on this i'm going to be great it's going to get done but if you're hustling on too many things that's when you you get to the burnout because you're trying to wear all the hats and hustle just like if you're only doing one job but if you have that one job and you hustle like just go hard on that i think that's where you can uh there, you don't I also think that hustle is a buzzword that mm -hmm. has no meaning now. And, you know, I, I mean, I think ultimately, like, um, ultimately, like as a business owner, there are a few different things. There are a few different priorities. You know, one is promoting your business and doing direct sales and marketing activities. One is fulfillment for your business and how you fulfill on the people that you sell. And another one is sort of like administrative type work that you do to keep the books going. Um, you just sort of need to decide for yourself, like what percentage of your time needs to be spent on those things and then make a to-do list of what's most important of those things to do. And then just, just, cross things off that list like it's not like hustling i think that hustle culture came from this whole like gary v thing obviously it's obviously a gary v thing yeah and then you know like it was like more like four or five years ago when he was constantly talking about like you want to turn your path i mean i love gary v but like yeah. this was this is what what hustle culture was like it was like you want to turn your passion into your job build an instagram and then go spend seven hours a day commenting on other people's instagrams you know, and like following them and following them back and like tagging them in posts. Like that's sort of where the whole hustle thing came from. That was his advice to everybody, essentially. Mm -hmm. Or like respond to, or like Gary Vee being like, you want to know how I was successful in business? I responded personally to every single Twitter message that like, like mentioned that was at me. Right. Like, yeah. And it's cool. And, but like that is overwhelming to people. And then it turned into like hustle culture. But I think ultimately it's about like having a, having a workflow and a system to prioritize like the most important things in your business and what makes up those important things. And then, um, focusing on those, you know, I like using the Pomodoro technique. I wish I'd used it more often, but like to like that's the spend... 80, 20 principle, right? No, that's like, um, that's like when you work, you work, you work 25 minutes, um non-stop with no distractions on one task and then when 25 minutes is up you take a five minute break and then you do 25 more minutes it just helps focus because i don't know i'm sure that a lot of people listening and you feel i mean if you're like me it's kind of like you're working but like you're also like your fingers are sense memorying like pulling up facebook or messenger or something and so it's just happening yeah and so you're just incredibly distracted um <laughs> So sometimes the Pomodoro technique can help you like, I mean, I, I meditate too, which helps me see the thoughts, but like to help you mindfully be like, Oh, not focusing on the task of the 25 minutes right now need to go in and do it. 
I mean, listen, like I don't do this all the time. These, these are, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this to also help reinforce it with myself, but <laughs> this is how I think. Hey, you, you, like I, I was thinking about it, like as you were talking, I'm like, that's probably a great idea. Cause I know Elon does like 15 minutes or like five minute things. And I'm like, that's too short to get anything done. Cause you need to get into the flow, but 25 minutes seems relatively uh, an easy time period plus a five minute break that's 30 minutes on a task that's that's very doable instead of saying oh i have to work seven hours on this it's like no work 25 minutes and see where i get from it yeah it's really hard because it 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 it, it um it 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 requires determination with uh with technology uh, because because everything all the technology and SaaS software that surrounds us is here to destroy us, essentially. You know, I mean, like Slack has a bunch of very important things that it does in my business, and I could not run my business without Slack. However, it creates just as many problems as it does solutions because of the distractions when I'm trying to work on something else. The same thing goes for social media, um, although I don't know how useful that is, honestly, at this point. Um <laughs> it's maybe it's just more personal validation than anything else at this point. Keeping relationships is super important. Um, but yeah, I mean, it can be extremely distracting. Um, and it's not like you want to be like dead inside working all the time or anything, but the human brain can't multitask. So if you want thing like, so if you want to get things done, you're going to have to task switch, which means you're going to have to figure out a way to just do one thing at a time. And that's a psychological exercise and it's very difficult. No, it, it it is very difficult, very difficult, especially with like our our attention span dropping because of uh, the three second videos and all that stuff that social media has been pumping into us. Yeah, technology is here to destroy us. I mean, I think I think Elon Musk would be the first person to say that. He's like he just built he's built a company that can basically counter the effects of AI. Like he's basically trying to fight back against AI because he thinks AI is going to destroy us all, right? Um, and I'm sure he's right because he's right about everything. Um, so now he's trying to do that work, right? And that's essentially, I, he's kind of right in little ways, right? Like essentially that's why we're so addicted to social media is because of AI, because the algorithms are run by AI and they basically run off of, uh, how can we make people seek validation? Yeah. Because it's just a basic thing that we all want in our lives is to be heard and trusted and known and cared about and validated. And so we're constantly... Seeking the AI it. is we're constantly seeking it. So we go online and we look for AI and like we we like wait for the AI to give us some sort of like, are you validated or not? So we go through and we get imposter syndrome every other post that we see. And then we're like, okay, seek validation, post, get validation. A few people liked it, whatever, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's just like we're eating ourselves, really. I've never really talked about this. It's fun and I'm getting scared. Like I kind of feel like <laughs> Not now, now that I'm thinking about it out loud, I'm kind of like wondering, <laughs> like, should I just become a hermit and just go live in Tibet or something? I don't know. <laughs> it's coming to Tibet. It's it's nearly there. Um, <laughs> Matt, we are coming to an end of the episode, and I hate it because I'm having so much fun listening to you share your thoughts on entrepreneurship, but also the, the world in general. And this is why I love this podcast. But I have... Two last uh, questions for you before we uh, I allow you to uh, let the world know where they can find you and uh, support you. Um, what is one tip you have for a creative jumping into the entrepreneurial world? For 
sorry for creative for creative since since you're coming from the creative world because you feel that you were a yeah. creative person so i want your advice for them not i'm not going to ask you what do you what's your advice oh, for, for a student? like for for a creative person person yeah a creative person jumping into the entrepreneurial world oh oh okay that's that's an easy one like one <laughs> your work has way more value than you think it does on the marketplace. And two, um, once you start framing the work that you do in relationship to your potential client's goals, rather than what you're going to deliver, then you'll start making a ton of money. Once you start realizing that you're not selling creative work, you're selling money at a discount, um, it will open up a whole new world of potential. I love that. That's a great piece of, that's a great tip for anybody, not just not just a creative, but an on, it's anybody just a, going. It's like a sales, it's basically sales thing, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just like sales and 101 type stuff. It's, it's great. And I want to know uh, a book. A book that you think someone should read for journey into the entrepreneurial world? I think everybody needs to read How to Win Friends and Influence People as soon as possible. In fact, I started teaching it in my college classes after I, I read it for the first time like last year. And I started teaching it in my college classes, even though it's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> because I, I think it's going to make my kids like so much money and like every job they want to get every job interview they want to crush if they want to go into that world every sales call they want to be on if they do get into entrepreneurship um it will all come from that book which is essentially a book about empathy it's a book about how to understand what people are looking for in life and how to see things from their perspective and um, yes, make them like you, but essentially make them like you by genuinely being interested in people. Um, I've, I, I listen to it. Um, I listen to it like, essentially like once a month because it's that powerful for me. Like, um, so yeah, that's the book. I think, no, that's a, it's a great book. Um, I actually have it in my audible. It's in my rotation as well. I don't listen to it at least once a month. I've usually a couple months go by before I, I listen to it again, but it is a, a fantastic book because it does teach you how to like understand people at a different level than we actually learn in everyday life. So that's a great book for anybody. And it's timeless. It was written in the 1930s or something, right? Yeah. So um, it, it's timeless because humans aren't changing um, during our lifespans or our kids' lifespans or our kids' kids' lifespans. So it's principles. And I would actually, in general, if you're looking for books, read books about principles rather than tactics because principles are timeless. That is true. I, I, I can't remember where I read that. But it was like it's it's more important to focus on the principle. You didn't read it. I just said it, and you and you heard it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yes, you just said it. <sighs> I'm just kidding. No, no. I think it was in a a, a habit book, a book on habits about the principles mm. and that. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, it, it's not tactics. It's the bare, the down basic. Yeah, like if you values. want to start a Facebook advertising company, you're much better off reading um, one of the classic books about marketing strategy and marketing principles and how they relate to psychology or like reading all of Seth Godin's books 
than you are reading um, like some media buyer strategy book about how to do whatever. Like here's how to find the perfect audience to match a certain ad type, you know, or whatever. Um, it's just going to be better ultimately, you know? Yeah. All right, Matt, I'm going to jump off screen here. I'm going to give you a chance to let everybody know where they can find you, follow you and uh, learn more about guide social and uh, that. So the floor is yours, sir. Uh, you get, Oh, it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. I, I mean, I mean, essentially the two, the, the, the two things that we do is, um, you know, we, we make video ads for e-commerce businesses, um, and some lead gen businesses as well. So that's guidesocialglobal.com. If you want to reach out to us there or mattjohnstononline.com. If you wanted to talk to me about, um, I, you know, I, I coach and mentor creatives to build businesses. Uh, that's the best place to go. Excellent, Matt. I want to thank you so much for being a guest and sharing a more philosophical episode with us on, uh, on <laughs> yeah sorry about that not at all no i love it because <laughs> it it someone out there who's going to listen to this is going to be like resonates with it and that's all i care about finding the one person that resonates with the episode so that they can go hey i want to become an entrepreneur and you may have done that to one of my audience members and that's all the goal is because i want everybody to have the freedom to choose the life that they want to live whether it's working a side hustle while working a corporate job or a regular job or having their full entrepreneurial journey uh like i'm going on now that's why i i do this show so i want to thank you for uh bringing that more philosophical ideology into the uh the episode happy to it's fun and uh, to my audience, uh, all the links to support Mad or check out his company will be in the show notes down below. And I want you all to remember to invest in yourself. Have a great day.